You listen to Irish Radio Canada time and abroad, and the Toronto Irish Film Festival is in its eighth year, and it was the brainchild of Michael Barry and John Galway, and I have both of them here with me, and we're going to get a little bit of background on the inspiration for the festival and the theme of this year's festival, and to mark your calendars for next year. And uh, Michael and John, thanks for taking the time to come and talk. Thank you for having us. So who's going to give me a little bit of background on the inspiration? Um, so John and I met while we both worked in the Canadian film and television industry. I was on the broadcast acquisition side, John was in the uh, script development side, production development side. Uh, through that, th those, those points of our careers, we were attending a, a conference in Ottawa, actually. Uh, I think it was either 2008 and 2009. It was really just a room full of Canadian broadcasters, distributors, filmmakers, producers, and very supportive environment. And I guess we looked at each other and decided, you know, it would be really wonderful to create something for Irish filmmakers uh, in Toronto um, annually. And that was essentially the, the starting point. I think it took us many conversations from that point on, probably late 2000, actually probably early 2009 would have been because we're always promoting the fact that we're in Ottawa in the heart of winter and um, we actually had our first public facing screening on June 10th of 2010 with the Canadian premiere of the, the, the the Life and Times of William Clancy, the Yellow Bittern, Bittern. and um, haven't looked back since. And the, at that time, of course, Senegal was running in Montreal. Mm -hmm. So, given that the Toronto International Film Festival was well established, mm -hmm. I guess there was a real lack in the representation of Irish cinema as a genre within Toronto, given mm -hmm. the long tradition of the Irish and history of the Irish in Canada as well and in Toronto. Well, certainly I, Irish film would play a tip, but um, we really wanted to have um, more of a community-based uh, film festival for the Irish community here in Toronto, but also for people who had maybe traveled to Ireland or were interested in, in going to Ireland or had, had some connection but really maybe hadn't explored their own background and their own uh, culture. Um, and, you know, we, we found that what TIFF did for Toronto is it, it created a real... Uh, demand for films from around the world so our audiences are um, largely Irish but there are many people that are from different backgrounds that just want to see a good movie or see a film that shows Ireland on the screen and uh, we, you know we've been quite successful in kind of expanding our reach throughout the whole city of Toronto. But I would say it would be also fair to say that um, British cinema was very strong in the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s and seems to have faded somewhat into the background. And Irish cinema, internationally, has come to the forefront as a very strong player. Well, I think that's testament to the fantastic work that the Irish Film Board has done in recent years under the, under the leadership of James Hickey. Uh, if you look at this year's Oscar ceremony, um, which is tomorrow, mm -hmm. Ireland is nominated uh, five times. Um, um, Martin McDonough twice, Best Picture, Best Director for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Obviously, Breadwinner, which we're showing at this year's film festival for Best Animation, and uh, which acknowledges the fantastic work of Cartoon Saloon and Ken Kilkenny. Saoirse Ronan for um, her best lead performance, best lead actress performance in Lady Bird, and also Constantine uh, Boyle, I believe, for uh, costume design in Victoria and Abdul. And you're right. I mean, it it actually 
kind of lines up with what we really wanted to do, as John mentioned. We wanted to create a community level film festival where ordinary members of the Irish community who might be a little bit intimidated by larger film festivals like TIFF and Hot Dogs could actually join in an annual celebration. We are, w when we decided to make a film festival, or at least put our heads together to try and conceive how we could do it, we didn't actually know if there was a Toronto Irish Film Festival or not. In fact, there had been in the early 80s. It ran for 10 days, and that was it. It never returned. Um, that sort of inspired us to create something that was scalable and executable. This year it's only been John and I to putting this all together, which, mm -hmm. which is a lot of work. But we're really glad and fortunate. I still get chills when the Irish Film Board logo comes up on this big screen here, here uh, at Lightbox. But it, it is really important for us as a community to see ourselves on the big screen. Um, sometimes that's warts and all. Sometimes those stories aren't that great. Um, but I think it's really important for this community. And what I would say, much to our delight, is you know we're exponentially beyond where we were this time last year in terms of advanced ticket sales. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a there's a real core audience in the Golden Horseshoe, Hamilton, Barry, Pickering, Kingston, for people from the Irish community who 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 are willing to do that drive into the heart of Toronto to come to the corner of King and John to see Ireland on the big screen. Now I mentioned earlier on that you know Ireland punches above its weight. It does in so many things. Does in music. Does in sports. Does in so many things. And does in the cinema. Would you want to so brought together a selection of short films? Yes. And short mm -hmm. films are an area that lots of times get overlooked. Mm -hmm. They are interestingly where you see the next, the future, right? They're, those are often emerging filmmakers who are just starting their careers, and you can see some of the people whose shorts we presented here have gone on then to make features, and they return with their feature films to our, our festival. And likewise, I would imagine then that the other thing we're seeing is animation. And the Irish, as you mentioned with Kilkenny, the animation is something that is strong enough. Yes, yeah, so we we um, we have long supported animated features out of Ireland. We have had a long-standing partnership with Animation Dingle, which is Ireland's largest animated film festival. Um, this year, we continued that showcase on Irish animation through highlighting the brilliant work that was done for the breadwinner. The interesting thing about this year's shorts is that all of the directors are female, mm -hmm. and uh, we feel that that that's a real reflection on the powerful voices that these young female directors have. Um, the one thing that I would say about the shorts is it's one of our favorite components to actually put together a program for the film festival that allows us to show many different viewpoints of Ireland and many different snapshots, but um, it is one of those things that we love and, and our audiences this year for the, for the Shorts Film Festival showcase in particular are, um, are, are really strong. I know, Michael, tomorrow things are close to home for you. You're heading to the north with a lot of um, yeah. representation. Yeah, well, it, you know, it's just how the films have, have laid around this year. Um, you know, you, you go with what you are, you, know, with, you, you go with what was submitted. Uh, this year we had over 125 film submissions um, through our online submission thing at filmfreeway.com. Um, so our, our goal is really not to, to try and favor Irish, Northern Irish filmmakers over Southern Irish filmmakers. Our goal has always been to be um, representative of filmmakers from all corners of, of the country and um, uh, for me it's particularly uh, important I mean I we have we have three films that fo fo focus on um, man I'm bored. <laughs> we have we have three uh, films that focus on Northern Ireland very closely uh, mm -hmm. Zoo which uh, is really uh, 
significant for me because I actually grew up beside Belfast Zoo and I actually am going to get to see uh, basically my childhood backyard on the big screen. It's based on the true story of a woman who took in a baby elephant, Buster the baby elephant, and protected him in her own backyard from the from the German bombings of World War, during World War II. Um, we have a George Best documentary. George Best is a man that needs no introduction and everyone should be fairly familiar with the arc of his life and his career. Mm -hmm. But this is a stellar documentary that um, uh, definitively shows some never before seen footage of interviews and thoughts on, on some sports commentators that would be known globally on, on just exactly what happened to, to George's life. And, and perhaps most importantly, we focus on John Hume, uh, the wonderful politician who did a lot of really wonderful work uh, in the early 90s uniting politicians from the North, the South, the UK and the US uh, to create the Good Friday Agreement, which, you know, in today's climate, under the shadow of Brexit, a lot of those core fundamentals that John achieved are under threat. But John Hume as an individual is, is the only person on the planet to receive the Nobel Peace Prize, the Gandhi Peace Prize, and the Martin Luther King Award. So uh, we felt it was really important. It's hard to do an Irish film festival and not get political. Um, we've always been very careful of the movies that we've shown that, that have a political tone. Uh, but we feel that this, this is about a man who really achieved some greatness back in the early 90s. Uh, Mike, you mentioned that you put out a call for submissions. Mm -hmm. And while we're still in the throes of this festival, mm -hmm. uh, you opened the doors when approximately? Last year we opened our doors uh, on June 1st and we will do the same thing this year. We already know our dates for next year, which is March 1st, 2nd and 3rd. Right. As a, as, a, as, a, as a tentpole event within the Irish Cultural Society, we always go the first weekend in March, regardless of what those dates end up being. We always go with the, our international call for submissions opening up on June 1st of the previous year, and we always know that our tickets will go on sale every Valentine's Day leading up to the film festival. So um, June for submissions, and then first weekend in March, and as you said, I'm back here again, so you have your dates locked down at... Nightbox uh, as well. Yeah, so, so, so the admin side of it is relatively straightforward. Well, it's took, taken us a couple of years to, to find that pattern. Yeah. Um, but it actually takes away a lot of our own confusion, which, and the, the one thing that we don't want to do is is create confusion for our customers if we're confused. So it's really important to have those deadlines and those timelines because it drives us in terms of a work back schedule and, and what we need to do leading up to those core events. So as you approach June, and or, I'm sorry, once the doors open and after you get your submissions, mm -hmm. based on your submissions, do you then maybe consider developing a theme? Or, uh, in other words, do you allow a theme to evolve based on your submissions? Some years that happens. Uh, um, you know, two years ago, we obviously had the anniversary of 1916. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of content that was themed around that anniversary. Uh, but I don't think as, as film programmers, festival programmers, we go out of our way to find an overarching mm -hmm. theme. I think if you do that, you run the risk of excluding some films that don't fit within that mm -hmm. theme but are also excellent. Mm -hmm. um, we're overly familiar with some film festivals in Toronto that would have done thematic um, uh, applications to specific sections of the film festival. Mm -hmm. and sometimes I, I just think that some, there's some levels of narrative you don't even need. Mm -hmm. um, we prefer to let the films do the talking. Mm -hmm. really. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be fair to say that, um, based on what you said earlier on as well, you're pleased with 2018. We, um, we are really pleased. Um, I, I, as I mentioned in my opening remarks on, on opening night on Friday, the success of this festival is, is for sure partly down to John and, and myself's efforts, but it's also really the Toronto Irish community's success. Um, 
we had people from all backgrounds that join, join us on Friday night. You don't necessarily need to be from the Toronto Irish community, mm -hmm. but we, we do believe that we are building a Toronto Irish Film Festival community. Uh, we could get all the sponsorship we need, we could get all the films we need, but an empty theatre is a field film festival. So this year has been record for us. We're delighted. It, 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 it's nice after nine months of preparation to kind of look out and see so many full seats. Um, but we need um, that consent and that buy-in and that generosity from our audience to continue for years to come so that we can continue to grow this festival. You did mention there that um, you have sponsors who mm -hmm. are very happy with the work you're doing. Um, I know that you have some keynote sponsors. We do have some keynote sponsors. Um, we have a lot of really wonderful people um, back in Ireland and mm -hmm. in Canada who support the film festival. We have organizations such as Tourism Ireland, Aer Lingus, the Embassy in Ottawa obviously mm -hmm. and the wonderful staff there. We have our friends in the Northern Ireland Bureau who, who are based in Washington who are repeat um, sponsors of the film festival. The Irish Film Board back home, we probably you probably do what you're doing without them. Well, the reality is, I think about 65% of the films we show are Irish Film yeah. Board productions. Um, we, we obviously have phenomenal support from the Irish Cultural Society here mm -hmm. in Toronto through the Pot of Gold funding. Uh, but for us, it's, it's, it's kind of how we approach our audience development. Um, in the sense that while we do work with organizations in the, in, in the Irish community, and this year we're delighted to welcome on board the Island Park Foundation, mm -hmm. I think it's limiting for us to just look at Irish organizations mm -hmm. for funding. It's limiting for us to look at Irish individuals for our audience. So we continually look for partnerships within the Canadian media sector, like the Ontario Media Development Corporation and First Weekend Club, who literally outstrip us in terms of social media following. So we, we approach them for partnerships so that they can reach our audience and extend our brand and hopefully um, uh, create a, a wider audience for Irish film. You don't need to be Irish to, to like what we do. Excuse me, to that extent, um, there has been and continues to be fantastic collaboration between um, Canada and Ireland in the movie mm -hmm. sector. And I think what you guys are doing are helping build that also. With a, it's an interesting um, that there has been so much collaboration. It's, it's called uh, an official treaty co-production. And films like Brooklyn and Room and Breadwinner and Maudie have been amongst the most successful films lately. And they've all been Irish-Canada co-productions. Uh, the two countries, both English-speaking countries and kind of balancing North America and Europe uh, in terms of sensibilities, it's been a, a really beneficial partnership. So, and I think that's a good thing for us to wrap up on, and sure. how that partnership has been so beneficial. And um, hopefully, during the coming months, as you guys get yourselves sorted out on your plans for the coming year, uh, we may be able to keep in touch and, and uh, give you the opportunity to share uh, your uh, experience, thoughts, and everything on not just what your plans are, but other aspects of the movies. For sure, and you know, we've been putting our heads together as to how we can keep. Uh, the Toronto Irish Film Festival brand out there year-round outside of this three-day celebration. Um, so we will for sure be knocking on your door for uh, some ideas as to how we can do that. I, I would like to conclude though with thanking you Austin for everything that you've done for us on social media. You are a very loyal and very dedicated liker and retweeter and, and you've generated your own tweets for us and so we really appreciate everything you've done for us this year. Fantastic opportunity because what you guys do, um, it's like us all, we're ambassadors. Yes. And, and we need to work with each other, for help sure. each other yep. for your audience. Yes, for sure. It's, and that's really who we're, we're all trying to have, yep. uh, serve as the audience. And thank you guys. Oh, you're most welcome. Yeah. Thank you.